You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And this episode, we have Holly Campbell, who's uh, based in uh, Corvallis, Oregon, uh, nearby to me. And uh, she's... uh, just a, a fantastic artist, and uh, I've encountered her um, illustrations and her work uh, in acrylic, and uh, she does a lot of uh, work in art, and uh, Holly, just wanted to uh, welcome you to the uh, podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a, it's, it's a pleasure, and uh, I'm, I'm really uh, I'm really glad we have this opportunity to, to chat about art. Well, first uh, question is, uh, when you were younger, were you an artist when you were younger? Or was, were you interested in um, artistic things or creative things? Uh, yes. So, <laughs> um, yes, as a young human, I was generally happy. Uh, I was very innocent, wide-eyed, and gullible, uh, <laughs> but I was also very artistic. Um, I was also very dramatic, so, um, you know, that's kind of never changed. Um, and I've always had an, <laughs> I've always had an incessant need for uh, praise, which has never really gone away. Um, but my art is kind of my outlet for that, and um, you know, growing up though, I always did typical stuff like drawing and singing, some acting, but that always kind of just felt normal to me, and I didn't really think of myself as an artist in a conventional way. Um, it just kind of felt normal, and then uh, I guess I didn't really feel like a true artist until recently. But um, but yeah, that was kind of me in a nutshell, just a weird little <laughs> kid. <laughs> well, what, what was the you said you said recently? You know, it's kind of a transition in your head. It sounded like where you, yeah. you you saw yourself as more of an artist. What what was that? What was that switch? Can you describe that switch? Yeah. Well, um, honestly, I yeah, I can I can exactly I can remember the exact moment. I think that that switched for me. And it was about four year, four or five years ago, I was, um, you know, I've been just kind of like, I had been creating art, well, my whole life. But in that moment, I'd been more creating on my couch, you know, just kind of like doodles and and little paintings and things that um, just for me, you know, that kind of thing. And I would occasionally, I would like apply for an art show or this or that. And one art show in particular, I don't know if it was just the buildup or eventually I stopped um, you, you know, I, I kept doing it and I kept getting rejected. Yeah. And, and it just kind of was like this moment where I said enough, like I'm done getting rejected. What am I doing wrong? And I, this, it almost happened overnight, but of course there was more behind it, but I sat there and I thought, you know, I'm not doing enough. Like I'm, I, you know, I, these opportunities aren't just going to fall into your lap. Right. So I need to, I need to figure this out. And and if I'm not going to, you know, if nobody else is going to accept me and my artwork, I'm going to make them accept me and my artwork, you know. So I had this moment where it just kind of like clicked. And eventually I, um, so I literally did just that. I got, um, I'd got, well, specifically, I'd gotten a rejection letter for this. There's this window downtown. It's called Footwise. This There's this little shoe store downtown. And there's a window where people can display their art um, and I submitted an application to do that and it got rejected again. And I don't know what it was because it was nothing 
special or different than all the other things that I had applied for. But for some reason, it bothered me more than the others. It was like, I think I just got fed up. And yeah. I decided, I decided, you know, this is it. So I made a website. I started getting business. I made some, I got some business cards. Um, I started posting on social media more, kind of amped it up. I started um, setting aside actual time to create pieces. Um, just take it to the next level. You know, that was like, just, just do it. Kind of fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, with 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 intention, just like just yes. putting all everything into it. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, and I eventually did. And then, um, and then from there, it just snowballed. It was like I felt like an artist. I felt more confident. I have business cards. You know, <laughs> like I'm a big deal. Talk to me about my art. I want to show you. And so I, I did. And I eventually, you know, I just I started creating more. And the more you create, the more creativity you have. So I just, I found myself, um, finding, uh, good opportunities for that. I started talking to more people in town, artists that I knew, uh, networking, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and from there I joined a little co-op gallery called voices and it was a really small little gallery. I think there were only six or eight of us at the time. And it was in this teensy little building downtown, but we were part of the art walk. So once a month, people would come by and look at my art. We'd have little themes and stuff. And, and just that alone, you know, the networking was amazing. It was a really incredible time because I just started meeting so many people. And I don't know if you're not from Corvallis, like it's probably hard to understand. There is, there's such a, um, artistic vibe here it's really you know it's kind of it's not underground like it's out there you know there's murals there's galleries there's um the art center and the Corvallis Fall Festival you know there's there's an artist group here and and I started to find my way into it you know I started to fit in and it felt better and I felt more like an artist and um and eventually you know Voices Gallery we were painting murals and we were um, having art shows. And then I met my friend Sharon Rackham King. She's an amazing watercolorist here in Corvallis and um, a really dear friend. And we joined forces to open our own little gallery. And it was kind of back to that, you know, I'm going to make people notice me kind of thing. It sounds, sure. Sure. <laughs> it sounds yeah. silly, but it's like, you know, going back to that, I was like, I'm not going to wait for people to accept me to their galleries. I'm just going to open one, you know, <laughs> like, why not just like give myself a platform? Sure. And I did. And um, and so we we joined forces and co-own um, the Hold Studio together. It's called the Hold Studio. And we named it the Hold because it's um, it was a very tiny place. And so, you know, you think of like holding cell or um, something like that. You know, it's a, it's a small space and it was ours. And we uh, same thing. We did the arts walk. We designed another mural together. Um, and then I started taking on leadership roles within the Corvallis Arts Walk. So from there, you can imagine all the other amazing networking connections that I made. Um, and yeah, that's kind of when I started to feel like I am an artist. I'm here. I belong. You know. So yeah, yeah. and I, I I do know with uh, Corvallis, which is a fantastic art town, and we had um, I had a guest uh, quite some time. I think maybe within the first uh, ten episodes or so, mm -hmm. uh, Joey Bauer is the manager over at Dark Side Cinema, but oh, uh, yes, also yes. does does some of his own um, uh, music. And he actually just started a podcast um, through the booth window uh, with uh, somebody else in uh, Corvallis about uh, movies. So um, they do some really amazing work over there. 
I the dark they, side they is do. one of my favorite little places. If anyone's new to town, I'm like, let's go check out the dark side because you won't regret it. You know, it's a very yeah. cool place. But I didn't oh, know that. I great. didn't. I yeah. didn't know they were doing podcasts. So very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, and so that's a little little plug for uh, Joey Bauer. There you go. That's <laughs> a no. It's a, it's a it's a great program. Um, tell me, I have a a, a question that I've developed on my own and just like. Uh, seeing seeing you work and something I've been thinking about uh, overall, um, you know, and I know your your journey and seeing yourself as an artist and working on that, and that's uh, something for you to develop as far as the identity that you're creating. Now, I think I saw that you had mentioned that you were. Do 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 you view yourself as self taught? Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, and on so, on that, I've um, I've often wondered. Uh, uh, you know, I started painting acrylic about three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, self taught, never taken an art class, and don't even remember doing art in any level of school. And it's been a lot of years, but I just don't remember it being prominent or something that I did. Um, what? Wh- how does it feel different for you? in interacting within the art community when you see yourself as having maybe come to a little bit later or having taught yourself versus the folks you encounter? Do you feel that is a a problem or do you notice that a lot about yourself? Oh, yes. I don't know if I'd really classify it as a problem, um, but I do notice it. and, And I've thought a lot about this, actually. I feel like a lot of my peers, you know, especially being in Corvallis, we're a college town. So we have a lot of, you know, students who have gone to OSU or um, or like the Portland Art Institute, um, that kind of thing. You know, you get a lot of people who are classically trained. Um, they have their master's in art and it's, you know, they, they they like to tell you what's art and what is not. And and that's their training and that's fine. Like the, there's nothing against that to me, but sometimes... Um, and we'll probably end up getting into this more later, but I feel like that's kind of crap. Like <laughs> sometimes. Well, let me ask. Let me ask the question though. So let's let's do it right now. What is what is art, right? So they, you're talking about maybe of, of like a background and more, maybe more of an institutional. Right. So yeah. So for you, what, I mean, let's jump into that right now. In particular, what what is art? Okay. Okay. So uh, I think the shorter list would be like, what isn't art? You know. Um, something about, uh, I don't know, like, did you make that? It's art. Do you think it's art? It's art. Do not try to please anyone else with your art. The minute you start to create for yourself is when you can truly be happy as an artist. And, um, and I think that's what happened to me. And that's finally when I felt comfortable calling myself an artist. Um, and so I don't think anybody else is allowed to tell you what's art and what's not. I really, I just really don't believe that. Yeah. And, 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 and I appreciate, I jumped in with the, with the bigger question. And then as far as interacting, you identified us as it's, it's, it's not really a problem, but it's something that you're, that you're, you know, sensitive to and, and notice, right. Is like, how are you conversant in art and what art is right. And Mm -hmm. you had to fight a bit. I mean, it's obvious in the way that you talk about it, like an art, a lot of artists have to do. You get to fight for a bit of space. You have to fight and yeah, say, hey, yeah. look at my painting. This is a cool painting um, as well. I really love um, I really love your uh, acrylic uh, painting. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, and your illustrations. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you have like do you have a top medium for yourself as far as like where you feel like this is where you truly express yourself? Yeah, I think yeah, acrylic I is the one for me. Um, but of course, I dabble in everything from acrylic to ink to watercolor. Lately, I've done uh, some new things with digital, which is totally new to me. But I'm learning, and and that's been really fun too. So, um, yeah. Well, that's great to hear. I love like, acrylic painting, and that's mm-hmm. how I started. And I like what I like to do. Um, it's very, for me, it feels like a very populist and accessible type of medium for absolutely you know, when, I, when, it, when it comes to art. I, I do enjoy that. Um, all right, what what do you think is the role, Holly, of 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 art right now? And I know you've been subject, like like all of us, everybody in this country and in the world, to like. The current conditions, pandemic, you know, what is, what is the role of art? Is art helping us? You know, what should art's role be in social disruption? Talking about nowadays, you know, late 2020, what do you think the role of art is? And has it changed since, say, the end of 2019? Mm. Well, I just think about social media you know, we're constantly consuming media and art uh, specifically, or at least, at least I am. I mean, I have a very uh, curated feed, as I like to say, you know, I'm constantly um, following new artists and keeping up with things in that way. Um, Instagram mainly, but thanks yeah, me to too. The, yeah. yeah. So thanks to the internet, there's just been like this fascinating shift from being uninformed to extremely informed. Um, we have all this information that we could possibly need right at our fingertips. And I think that art is great at, um, or artists themselves really, are great at putting work and the issues in front of us. Um, and then it's kind of our job or, or, you know, speaking about myself, it's my job to do the work. Um, so the artists kind of like wake me up to it. And then it's my job to go from there and, and do the research, you know, stick to the unbiased news, um, figure out how do I feel about these things? You know, like I've, like we live in this bubble and this bubble of what I've been conditioned to, to believe and think about all these issues. And it's really uncomfortable at times, you know, but I'm trying to pop that bubble. And thanks to artists, I think if, if there wasn't art constantly on my feed with all these, you know, crazy issues in 2020, um, you know, specifically um, it's uncomfortable, but I've, I've, I've learning to sit with that uncomfortability and um it, yeah just kind of work through it that way um through art you know and and doing the research and and letting those artists tell me y- you know show me what what do you need to do right now you know what do you need to worry yeah. about um if yeah. that makes sense i that's really it's really complicated you know but um, well i well i know and i think part of it is too is you know i've done uh, this podcast in, in, in real time, you know, and talking to real people and real artists dealing with real situations in the world over the last few months. Right. And it's it's been interesting because I think I've had to look at the podcast a couple times when the pandemic first started. It's like, shit, who the, hear, who the hell wants to talk about like sculpture and painting and like you know the the first reaction right. was like what you know like i want to i don't want to die right like let's not worry <laughs> about what's on the wall and then yeah. you know that was like an initial response but then you know obviously things change you'd be like art's super important it's helping us like uh, adapt and understand and live and 
see what's worthy. And then I think with um, the social justice movements, uh, you know, and with Black Lives Matters and, you know, just looking at the, the podcast uh, itself, you know, being representative, what type of voices need to be there. So I found myself as a creator in these tumultuous times saying, you know, what is it that I'm doing? Why am I doing it? Yeah. Am I doing yeah. it right? And um, in talking to artists, I found that uh, there's that been that disruption and it's caused artists to question a lot. And artists, you know, good artists tend to like questions. Absolutely. And, it's, and, it's, and it's, it sounds like you've been pretty much, you know, trying to respond to the challenge that we face right now. I am. I, I do feel that way. You know, I think what you kind of like in response to what you were just saying, you know, it's like we have to we have to really lift others up and give the space for those voices that deserve to be heard right now. And that can be really hard because it's like, who am I to, you know, I'm not I'm not here to tell you. I can't possibly know the struggle. I just can't, you know, and it's, and it's not something that um, I, I'm ashamed to admit. It's not something that I had thought about um, until recently. And I didn't know that there was work to be done, you know, and there's going to continue to be work to be done. And I need to, I need to lift those voices and I need to share in any way I can. Um, but know that I'm, you know, I'm doing what I can on the back end, you know, and um, do like doing my own research. I'm, I'm trying to, to again, pop that bubble, be uncomfortable, listen to the voices that need to be heard. And, and that's all I can do, you know, that's all I can do and, and fight against it, you know, do the best way I can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, I have another question. And uh, if you listen to the podcast over time, I'm a huge comic book fan. And so I yeah. zero in on origin stories. Uh, that's always like really big for me, but yeah. Sure. Uh, so Holly, what what or who made you made you who you are? Well, um, I definitely have to give my grandparents a lot of credit. Um, it, we spent a lot of time at their house, and I felt like that was kind of where a lot of my creativity um, stemmed from. There was always a lot of music, a lot of theater. Uh, my my grandpa, I I don't remember if. I've mentioned him yet at the at this part of the podcast, but he he was great. He was he was big into um, he did like off Broadway shows. He did um, really amazing work with music and acting. And he always kind of you know he'd have us posted up in the living room. We'd be you know <laughs> singing on the piano. We'd teach me how to do that stuff. And and at the time I didn't think anything of it. You know I was just like this is normal. Um, everybody does this. But then eventually it was like oh, okay I'm. I'm actually, this is like an artistic thing and this is part of who I am, you know, and kind of fostered that creativity is, is my point. Um, and then eventually through all of that, I started a job, um, at a real estate office when I was 16 and I'm still there actually. <laughs> but in that time I, I met this amazing woman named Sue and she was uh, about 20 years older than me. And but we had a really great friendship. You know, she was also an artist and, um, she had this, you know, she was also, um, childless by choice and <laughs> that kind of thing. And I just kind of, I remember this moment out of uh, high school where I was at this very impressionable time in my life and Sue was there and she would always, you know, I'd go to her house and I thought to myself, wow, you know, I always thought you had to like 
leave high school, go to college, get a job, start a family, you know, get married, start a family, that whole thing, the very conventional way. And I never felt like that was my destiny. And so seeing her with this like amazing artistic ability and just, I didn't think that that was, I don't know, I, I guess I didn't think that that was really how adults could be. Like I thought you had to have this nine to five, you know, yeah, sure. I don't know. And so to see this woman who was so happy, just her and her partner making music, making art. And I'd walk into her house and I was like, you have your art everywhere and you can do this and you don't have to do the conventional, you know, college degree and this and that. Like you can just do if that's what makes you happy, like you can just do that. You can live and, a different way. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of like it was an epiphany. And then, um, you know, from there, um, she since passed on, which was just a sad day. That was just the worst. And um, because she was the one who would just kind of foster that creativity in me and she would show me things that I just wasn't familiar with you know I mean imagine being just out of high school you're totally aimless right like you don't well, really particularly know what you're as, doing. A, as a young as a young woman too yes, as far as yes, like absolutely. the options like the options of how like you can live it's it's not always exactly clear right. like what's permissible or how you right. should yeah. no matter what you know no matter what your situation I think having that type of uh, contact and experience, particularly with something that's important for you, you know, art in that type of expression, be like, huh, this is, this yeah. is, this is nice. Or this is a, a, a good way of like living. Yeah. It seemed comfortable, you know, and it seemed, um, exciting. It just, you know, this is, this is something, there's another option. You don't have to go do what everybody has told you to do your whole life, you know, like, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't go to college. I thought, you know, oh my God, I'm not going to college. I'm never going to amount to anything. But at that exact time in my life when I, sh- you know, would have been going off to college instead, I was like, no, you can actually, you can just be an artist and you can just live and you can just like make pretty things and inspire people and be inspired instead, you know? And that's not to say like, don't go to college. Like if you want to go to- do that, you know, <laughs> I'm not at all telling anybody to do you know, do what makes your heart sore. That's not, you know, and for me, that was art. And uh, well, I think our roles a lot of times could be socially compelled and that pressure can be heavily felt. And I think that's what, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're speaking to as far as the options of maybe including art in your life, being an artist, uh, you know, uh, in, in living a different way. And I think Oregon tends to be a pretty good state in a lot of areas for that with uh, some of its kind of artistic community and like live and let live aspects, um, uh, yes, you know, of yes. its individualism that I, I, I particularly, uh, you know, in, enjoy. Um, I got a, another big question just as far as like, I try to focus at times like on the act of, uh, creation and uh, you know I've seen a lot of the art that you that that you make and you, you create a lot of things do you ever step back and ask why it is that you create fundamentally like why why, why that happens do you feel it's a choice for yourself um, no I don't think it's a choice I feel like it's something I have to do <laughs> um, like because again the more creative creativity that you use the more you have and simply put, it just makes me happy. You know, it's like breathing. It's my identity. It's mine. And at the end of the day, it's all I have. You know, I think it's important to mention that I don't create for anyone but myself. 
And once I learned to do that, I found true happiness as an artist and, um, and kind of what we were just talking about, you know, creativity doesn't have to be your job. Um, in fact, I don't have have a day job. I mean, I have a day job, excuse me. I don't have to, you know, my art is not my job. Art is my, um, release, but that's not to say that artists can't make it their day job or their business, of course. Um, and then, you know, I used to think that I had to suffer to be an artist. <laughs> like growing up, I was conditioned to believe that it was a requirement to be like this angsty and dark and tortured artist. And then I could only produce real art at that time, you know, <laughs> but that's ridiculous. I don't know what it was, but I woke up one day and I just realized like that is a crock of horse shit. <laughs> if that's your yeah. jam, you know, then like, please, by all means, like stay angsty and use that inspiration if you need to. But, but know that you can create things from a happy perspective too. Like I thought I had to paint dark emotional pieces, stuff you would only see in like museums that like cause spectators and critics to mull about and say, you know, wow, she's truly an artist because like she's sad and tortured. I got stuck in that cycle and like the inspiration would always leave me and it would leave me for weeks and even months at a time because I thought that everything had to like have a purpose and it had to evoke pain and suffering. But honestly, like some of my most popular work is the product of just making something because I felt like it. <laughs> and, um, and again, like it's just a prime example of creating work for myself. Um, if I have to create uh, if, like if I have to work to create something that I think people will like, I'll never create anything of value because the truth of the matter is that I cannot please everyone. It is just simply impossible. So instead I'll just please myself. And that has taken me further than any of that angsty stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's me. <laughs> oh. Well, and thanks Holly for saying that. I mean, I know that. And when I try to describe the podcast in general um, and, you know, when I'm interviewing artists and guests, you know, part of it I say is like this gets into a lot of psychology, right? Because like fundamentally, you know, we're talking about philosophy, big questions, you know, obviously, you know, I'll have a couple more for you that are like the big questions. But then we're talking about art and creativity or like why you're creating things. But it's also a huge psychological component that, you know, it's it tends to do very with very personal feelings of identity, of um, healing from trauma of being able to express yourself in your own in individual way that are all psychological manifestations, you know, and um, just hearing your description about like being in the right space or what's the proper space for yourself to be able to create, mm -hmm. you needed to be, you know, you thought you were told you to do the angsty thing and that, right. that doesn't, that you know, we all feel that way sometimes, but it might not be the main driver sure of, yeah of yeah. our creativity so absolutely absolutely uh holly i got a big question for you mm -hmm. i i think you know about it um why is there something rather than nothing <laughs> <laughs> um yes so i've listened to a few episodes i knew this was coming <laughs> um and and honestly i i don't know why like i really don't but um but how fortunate are we that there is something rather than nothing, right? Like the only thing I can, um, when, when I think about this question, there's just like one thing that comes to mind. And, um, a few years ago I was introduced to the book, big magic by Liz Gilbert. Um, she's the, I've heard of it. Yes. Of she's, it. Yeah. she's the author who wrote eat, pray, love. Um, yeah. and, but big magic is nothing like that. This is, this is turned into, 
it's like my Bible. <laughs> it changed my life. And I think that sounds so silly, but it did. Um, well, tell us about it. Tell, so, tell us about the book. Yeah. So, okay. So um, this book is just kind of, um, I don't want to, I don't like using the phrase self-help when I'm talking about this book, because it's not what it is. It's about kind of tapping into your own creativity and asking yourself, like, do you have the courage to bring forth the work you know, and um, whether you're an artist, a writer, a poet, a whatever. Um, and that's kind of what it's about. And actually, if you'd like, I can just read the back excerpt of this book because. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. This this kind of answers the something rather than nothing for me personally. Sure. And, um, and it's creativity is sacred and it is not sacred. What we make matters enormously and it does not matter at all. We toil alone and we are accompanied by spirits. We are terrified and we are brave. Art is a crushing chore and a wonderful privilege. The work wants to be made and it wants to be made through you. And I think that is so powerful. It's like, yeah. it drives yeah. me, you know, cause it's, and, and she talks in this book about ideas and how they kind of float through people from person to person. Um, sure. There's a really interesting um, part of the book itself where she talks about this idea she had for a book and it was a nonfiction book based on some true events um, down in I think South America uh, I'd have to double check but anyway she put all of this effort into writing this book and then she abandoned it she didn't finish she let it go you know and then with all the I you know all the hopes to come back to it that was that was the goal but she never did and then a few years later she meets this other author um, who I guess they, they hit it off. They were instant friends, but this gal ended up writing the same book. She wrote the book down to just exact details. It was, it really wow. bizarre, right? Yeah. So you, <laughs> and so with that in mind, you think about why is there something rather than nothing? It's like, these things are here because they, they need almost like they need a host, you know, and you are like the a host. manifestation. It's yeah. like the manifestation of it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, anyway, and I think about that, you know, because that's true in things that I do too, as an artist, like, like when you look back and you think about that footwise window, right. The one that I talked about in the beginning where I didn't get accepted and I was so upset. Right. And yeah. I, I was like, Nope, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to do this instead. Let that go. Move on. And I did. And then eventually, through the galleries that I was a part of and the Corvallis Arts Walk, I ended up curating three separate shows for that window. So I became the curator. <laughs> and so it's like, if you think about these things in that way of, you know, ideas moving from person to person and um, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I, it's hard to explain. Well, absolutely, and I think it's kind of the the fundamental question. I think you're getting right 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 at it too, because I think that the the dynamic that tends to be in the background is conversations like things manifest themselves. Like there's these energies, and I think you can look at it as like the, the uh, an idea of it going through the artist and being manifest at the same time. Like the conditions are there. An analogy would be like, I think about it in the sense of science where you have the same discovery made in different places right. on the planet, but it's about at the same time and it comes from like the conditions like this discovery is ready to be made amongst humans and it yeah. shows up 
like in a couple places at the same time. I'm, I've always been fascinated by that uh, dynamic. And I think that's part in the background of, you know, what you're getting to the question of vessel and that energy, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, and this is just my story, but I think anyone can do this if they want to. Like, you don't have to wait around and depend on others to give you these opportunities. Like, you are here right now and you can do anything you want to. Like, if you put in that work, just just do it and watch how you evolve, you know? Watch what the universe is, like, going to do for you. You just you just do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It can well, be so and simple. I, I, no, I, and sometimes it, it might be ultimately uh, simple, and that's maybe the beauty of it, you know, and, and the explanation. Sometimes the simplest one, you know, is is, is the right one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm totally uh, interested in, in checking out that, that oh, book. I'll certainly, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly do that. It sounds it sounds great. Um, uh, one of the things here at the end um, – uh, I wanted to um, ask you to let listeners know, like, how to connect to each and every kind of piece of art that you share, like where to find you, where to find the pieces. And, um, you know, so part of this is for the intimacy of the listeners to kind of come in contact with you. Can you can you help guide folks along? Sure. Sure. Of course. Um, so really, I mean, Instagram, that's number one. I'm, I'm constantly on Instagram. Um, I update that more than anything. I also, and, and on Instagram, you can find me at Holly Campbell art and it's Campbell like the soup. (laughs) Um, but anyway, I, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, same username. And then, um, my website is just hollycampbellart.com. So you know, oh, that's, 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 that's fantastic. <laughs> and well, it's, it's been great that, you know, in the sense of two with Corvallis, I wanted to mention, uh, when we were talking about the podcast before it's Caitlin Stowe and, uh, Joey Bauer and through the booth window, um, you know, and, uh, I think it's, I think it's nice to hear uh, a little bit more, honestly, Holly, about your experience, uh, there in Corvallis is a town I enjoy. I've picked up on the art vibe. I like to know, you know, what's going on. And I've appreciated um, uh, some of those elements. And uh, encountering your art has been a, a, a real joy. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad listeners are going to be able to maybe have a bit more uh, ex- exposure to it. But um, just deep down, uh, Holly Campbell, um, Holly, I wanted to thank you for joining Something Rather Than Nothing. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for your very kind words about my art. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. My pleasure. And I hope we get a chance to talk soon. Awesome. Me too. Thank you. Take care, Holly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing.